and welcome to the Seeing Deep Podcast, where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. This month, we are discussing how to reset our mindset, and my co-author, licensed counselor Michelle Nieder, and I will be unpacking how to overcome negative mindsets this week and next. Michelle is recovering from surgery, so I'll unpack overcoming negative mindset struggles through scripture this week. And next week, Michelle will unpack how to overcome negative mindset struggles with practical tips, also biblically based, she used in and uses in her counseling practice. The scripture for this episode is taken from Romans 8, verse 7. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. I love the NIV translation for this verse because it uses the word governed. Other translations use set on the flesh or carnal mind, which are accurate, but this word governed reveals what is behind these mindsets. Sometimes looking at different translations helps us to understand what verses are saying. The Lexham English Bible, based on the Greek New Testament, says, because the mindset of the flesh is enmity toward God, for it is not subjected to the law of God, for it is not able to do so. So having our mindset governed by our flesh puts us at odds with God. Overcoming negative mindsets begins with examining our thoughts. For thoughts form mindsets over time, and we give ourselves over to our thoughts rather than to God's thoughts. Some examples of our minds being governed by mindsets would be when we think negative thoughts about ourselves, like, I'm fat or ugly, I'm not good at anything, basically, I'm not enough. I've talked about this principle of not being enough. There's great freedom in admitting that, not condemnation. But when we admit that we are not enough, we come to Christ, who is enough. He is our righteousness. Another example is when we think negative thoughts about others. Oh, yes, holding grudges or being unforgiving, judging others' perceived motivations or actions, We have to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Are our thoughts pleasing to God? The examples go on and on, and in the chief negative mindsets Michelle and I discuss in my book, for instance, depressive thoughts, I have depression and I cannot get out of it. We might have that thought. You might feel like there's no escape. But look at David. He wrestled with a depressive mindset, but he wrestled with God and cried out to God. God does not say we will be bound in depression. He says we have joy and an abundant life in him. I'm not saying it will not be a battle, but sometimes we are just not even fighting. We give in to our thoughts. We're governed by a depressive mindset rather than God's word and what he has to say about us. Or maybe it's an angry mindset. We stew over our thoughts as if to comfort ourselves by them, but they're tearing us apart. God's word tells us to not sin in our anger. Sin is evident when we are fleshly in our anger, thinking ungodly thoughts. You might say, how can someone help it? I mean, we've all heard the expression, you made me mad. No one made you mad, friend. You chose to give in to that mindset. We can instead turn that passion of ire into a passion of praise, crying out to God and asking him to help us. God wants to help, and he is ready to. So those are just a couple examples, but being governed by negative mindsets is essentially giving in to them. 
To overcome negative mindsets, we need to understand this core truth. When we believe the thoughts in our brains over God's thoughts, we are forming mindsets that will pull us far away from the mind of Christ that Scripture says we already have. So here are seven steps of a biblical approach to overcoming negative mindsets. Number one, recognize the truth about our thoughts. The first step in overcoming negative mindsets is to understand that our thoughts are evil apart from the grace of God. We see this right in the beginning of Scripture. Uh, In Genesis 6, verse 5, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So I think we tend to grade ourselves on the grace curve and don't really want to describe our thoughts as evil, right? Humanism basically says that people are good, but that's not what the Bible says. Romans 3.10 says there's no one good, no, not one. And let me tell you, there's plenty more scriptures where that came from. And Jeremiah 17.9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Well, what is the heart? That's that seed of emotions, our intellect, that's our mind. That word heart, our heart can't think, right? I know some some things are out there today that might say that they can, but it's our mind. That's where God gave us thoughts. So friends, these are not fun scriptures, but they're truth. Hang with me here. Because this recognition of our thoughts being evil will actually lead us to thoughts that please God. Number two, realize that we are accountable. We overcome negative mindsets when we understand that we are accountable for our thoughts and God sees and knows our thoughts before we do. Psalm 139 verse 2, you know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. God knows us completely and get this, he still accepts us. But that does not mean we allow ourselves to continue in sin. Paul said, may this never be. Knowing that our thoughts are evil and that God sees our thoughts and we're accountable for them means we need to do something about our thoughts. Because thoughts become mindsets, friends, layer upon layer of thoughts that are not checked through the lens of Scripture become strongholds and hard hearts. Number three, realize our thoughts are not God's thoughts. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord. God's thoughts are higher than ours. This means we don't just go with our thoughts. That would be letting our thoughts run our lives. If we understand that God's thoughts are pure and holy and right and higher than ours, we bow our thoughts to his. We submit our thoughts to his. We filter our thoughts through his word. We hunt for scriptures on the very struggle that we're facing in our mind. We look for truth to set us free from the lies of broken, negative mindsets. For instance, when you think thoughts that are negative about yourself or others, you know Christ would not think that way. Look into Scripture and find what Christ says about you. Find what God says throughout all His Word about you. When God looks at you, friend, He sees His Son. No, we don't deserve that but it's just the truth. Number four, acknowledge God in your thoughts. Talk to God about your thoughts. Sometimes we tend to hide our struggles from God, but he already sees them. There is freedom in admitting and talking with God about our thoughts. Adam and Eve hid in the garden when they sinned. 
God invites us to come to him in our sin and to repent. When we are depressed or anxious, lonely, or buried in shame, we can examine and judge our thoughts through scripture rather than letting our own thoughts condemn us. Romans 8.1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Shameful, debasing thoughts have got to go. They are lies. This is not about self-worth, but this is about our Christ-worth, our worth in Christ. The enemy tempts us with evil and discouraging thoughts and then condemns us for them. But notice I said he tempts us with thoughts. You know, we can't blame Satan. You know, we get to choose. We really do. And, And then he condemns us for these thoughts but we have free will in our thought life. We get to choose. 1 John 3.20 says, For whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Confess your thoughts that are troubling you. Acknowledge God in your thoughts. He sees you, friend, and still accepts you. How freeing is this? Step number five, repent. Repentance is not a once-and-done act. It is part of our daily life with God. We have prideful thoughts, fleshly thoughts every day. The more we are aware of this, the greater will be our victory. It might be comparing ourselves to others or disparaging others to try and make ourselves feel better. Can you see Christ doing that? No. He chose to be a humble servant. He chose to put others above him. He chose to wash the feet of his disciples on the eve before he would be crucified. You know, when I think about what I would have done in my last moments on earth, I pray it would be serving others. Christ gives us the power through his Holy Spirit to do that too, to think rightly. True repentance produces transformation. Repentance is not just an I'm sorry and then just going back to the struggle. Repentance is a radical U-turn where we admit our wrong and we turn away from it. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world. What is this world? The thoughts of this world. You know, we can go on social media and we can see all these pictures of what we think we're supposed to look like. Stop. Just as you are, you are loved and accepted. So we we don't want to be conformed to the latest social media post. We don't want to be conformed to the thinking of this world that's governed by the flesh. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And this leads us to step number six. Part of this mind renewal is radically dealing with your thoughts. Once we've repented, the battle is not over. We have to radically deal with our thoughts and make them obey Christ. Paul wrote words that vividly portray what this looks like. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You do not have to let your own thoughts defeat you, friends. Fight in the Spirit. Fight through God's Word. Take captive thoughts and mindsets that are not thoughts you picture Jesus thinking. You do not have to be a slave to your thoughts anymore through Jesus Christ. This is part of the heritage for those who have seen their need of God and who have been saved. Number seven, replace bad thoughts and reflect on what is right thinking. Again, part of this mind renewal. 
We need to not just eradicate negative thoughts. After all, I've said this before on here, but if we say don't think about pink elephants, what happens? (laughs) It's not just about willpower, friends. It's God's power, and his word has power. But we have to make a decision in our minds to choose God's thoughts over ours. And we need to replace negative thinking with righteous thinking. Paul wrote a beautiful example of how we are to think in this new paradigm and kingdom mindset, putting it into a little larger context, Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, all our thoughts, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. You know, I I love that word, practice. Practice makes perfect. We've heard that phrase. We're not expected to be perfect in our own strength, okay? So when we hear this verse, it might be intimidating. Oh, we fall so short of that. But God is sanctifying us. He will complete the work in us. We have to cooperate with that, right? We have to be willing to realize that our own thoughts are something we get to choose, and it will be a fight. Use this passage I just read as a litmus test, friends. I'll show you how. Do you have joy? Paul tells us to in verse 4. What is stealing your joy? Ask questions to get down to what it really is. Are you anxious? Count your blessings. And don't you give into that anxiety, as Paul says in verse 5. We have a promise if we will follow God's thoughts and not our own. The peace of God will guard our thoughts. Scripture says our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus when we pray to him asking for help in verses 6 and 7. This is not something we can do on our own. We have to ask God for help. But this is why we have a relationship with God. It is not a religion or good works. And I just feel led to say too, sometimes when we hear that, and the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds, let's be real. Have we sometimes not believed that? Because the struggle has still gone on in our mind. God's word is true. Let every man be a liar. Our thoughts are lying to us. Confront your thoughts with the admonition in verses 8 and 9. Are your thoughts true? Really? Even if there might be some truth to negative thoughts you might have, is that how God would want you to process those thoughts? Surrendering our grudges and negative thoughts to Christ's lordship means we acknowledge that we don't have a right to those thoughts anymore. Those thoughts kept us in a prison in our minds, but not anymore. Are your thoughts noble? Speaking and acting well of others and honoring God? Is your mindset right? And this word does not mean right in your eyes, but God's righteous thinking. These are all words in this passage in Philippians. Are your thoughts noble? Are your thoughts right? Are your thoughts pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy? Listen, this is not impossible for you in Christ. The moment you think that thought 
you need to go back to step one. Like when you think, I can't do this, go back to step one (laughs) of this podcast. Your thoughts are not above God's. He gets the final say. But you will need to stay in the fight, friends. Don't you dare give in to negative thinking. Those thoughts will impact the course of your life. As I shared last week from Proverbs 4.23, this week I heard from a dear sister who I got to meet at a women's conference I spoke at this fall. And I wanted to read to you part of the testimony that she shared with me. And she shared it at her church and was baptized uh, yesterday. And it's just, I share this because I want you to know that God's word is transforming people. And this truth, if you will grab a hold of it, could change you too. She says, we met at the women's retreat you spoke at, your words that weekend, and every day since on the podcast have helped me seek God in a renewed way. You prayed over me there. This helped me to repent to God of my guilt and shame associated with the trauma done to me years ago. You gave me the courage to ask God to free me from the evil that was in my head, the lies, the anger, the sometimes unforgiveness. I want you to know that I'm so revived in my faith that I'm being baptized this Sunday. I had never taken that step of obedience. God has emboldened me to share my testimony. Last week, one of your podcasts, you said, I realize that people's mindsets get stuck because of unbelief. They believe the lies in their mind rather than the truths and promises of God's word. But when we repent of believing our thoughts over God's, we open the doorway to change and healing. Those words are exactly what had kept me from having a true relationship with God. Before I was saved, I did have an actual church life, though it was works-based and a scripted performance. I learned at the women's retreat this fall that my faith vision has been blurred with a self-focused perspective and negative mindsets. Growing up, someone close to me literally violated my trust in them. This brought shame that manifested in people-pleasing and placing my self-worth in how others saw me. I ended up in a loveless marriage and was convinced I was not worthy of love, maybe even God's love. Hearing your message recently helped me to realize that I had believed the lies on my head more than the truth of God's word. I never lost faith that there was a God, just came to believe that he was too big and mighty to notice me and my pain. But God did notice and revealed himself as a compassionate and loving God that brought people into my life that helped me see that his love is steadfast. Romans 8.39 reminds me nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Wow. How about you, friend? God did it for this dear sister. He set her free from her negative mindsets. It doesn't matter what you've been through in your life. Now, I will tell you, the more things we go through, the more broken we feel, and we feel we've reached an impossible place. But nothing is too difficult for God. Would you pray with me that he can do it for you too? Do you believe Jesus can? This is not just an emotional moment, a hyped-up moment. This could be your life-changing moment where you decide to step into the battle rather than letting the enemy defeat you in your own mind. Let's pray. Lord, the battle of negative mindsets is so strong, but you are stronger. Our thoughts are not your holy, perfect thoughts. Will you forgive us? and help us to think like you. Change our minds now, God. Give us your hope and help us to recognize when our own thoughts are leading us away from you and your word. Lord, I repent from believing my thoughts over yours. Help me to walk in the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name. 
Friend, if you just pray that prayer, know that I'm praying with you and for you. Stay in the fight, but fight with the right weapons. God's word, prayer, accountability, God's thoughts. In closing, I want to share this beautiful admonition David spoke to his son Solomon, and I speak to you now. 1 Chronicles 28.9 says, And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Friends, don't let your negative thoughts lie to you and say you cannot come to God with them. God already knows them, remember? Don't stay away from God. Run to him. We are broken in this world, truly broken. Sin has corrupted the beautiful image that God originally gave us. But that image has been restored by the work and life of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that, friends? Next week, my friend and co-author Michelle will be sharing some strategies for dealing with negative mindsets. I can't wait. God is setting you free, friend. Walk in his freedom. You are not a slave to your mind anymore. You've been listening to the Seeing Deep podcast, where we dive into the Word of God for the answers to life's problems. (laughs) 